Thanks for downloading this Lave Radio podcast. We're very pleased that our upcoming convention, LaveCon, is sponsored by EDRPG, a new tabletop role-playing system based on Elite Dangerous. We thought it would be fun to play an adventure and present it to you as a podcast. This particular adventure plays over three episodes and will end with a special finale at LaveCon 2017. Thanks for listening. Incident at Baijungu, an Elite Dangerous role-playing adventure. Okay, your team are all based in Leaston. All of you are friends with Psycho Cow, for whatever reason. And he happens to have a very good friend of his, sort of in the upper echelons of a big important company called Mistopolis Mining. Now, Mistopolis don't normally operate in the old world's area where Leasty is, but they've moved in very recently and they've started setting up lots of survey bases. That's more or less all you know about them. One day, Psycho Cow gave you all a ring, said he's got a big contract on, worth thousands of credits, and whether you would all be interested in sort of sharing the glory. All being extremely hard up yourselves, you obviously quite eagerly said yes. You are given an appointment with a lady called Claire Valance uh, in Mistopolis Mining. You decide to turn up early to your meeting with Claire Valance. It's the first time you've been to the Mistopolis Mining Headquarters, and you're aware what sticklers the Empire are for punctuality. You find the building in the Guild Market on George Lucas Station. It is a beautifully designed, if small, office building of only 30 floors, quite modest for an Imperial company. Swatting through the entryway, you're obliged to leave your weapons behind at the security desk before approaching reception. An attractive but frail-looking young man with pink hair looks up as you approach, dabbing the tears from his eyes hurriedly. Morning. Welcome to Mistopolis Mining. Can I help you? Good morning, sir. I believe we've got an appointment with Claire Valance. Oh, uh, Claire Valance. Can I ask who you are? He kind of uh, wipes his eyes with a little hanky. Yes, sorry. Are you all right there, sorry? Would you, you don't want a tissue or anything? Fine. Actually, if you have a tissue, I'd love one. Oh, I, I rummage around in my pockets and I find something used and papery and I offer it to him. <laughs> okay, he puts it to his eye before checking, which uh, he, he regrets a little bit later when he sees uh, what you've blown in it. Uh, terribly sorry. Uh, uh, what was your name? You can see he's trying to be professional. So, yes, I, I'm Commander Edelweiss and I, I, I'm aware of this gentleman here. This, this gentleman would be Commander Psycho Cow. I've no idea who these other blokes are, though. Oh, oh, can I take your names, please? Yeah, my name's uh, Second Technician Fozzer Forrester. <coughs> Forrester. Is that with two R's or one? Two R's, please. Two R's. Two R's. Yes. He kind of taps the name in, uh, kind of hits the return. He hits it again. He hits it several more times. Terribly sorry about this. Um, who are you here to see? Was it um, uh, Valance? Wasn't it Claire Valance? It was, yes. We're all here to see Claire Valance. Claire Valance. Well, let me just give you visitor passes. You see that his kind of eyes flash up to kind of a tall, suited gentleman off in the corner. You can see he's got his arms crossed and he's shaking his head, kind of, you know, kind of slowly. He hands you over visitor badges. Uh, essentially, as soon as you touch a visitor badge, you can see it kind of uh, takes a small photo of your face, and your face appears in the corner, and it identifies you by name. 
you can see at the bottom uh, there's a little column there for visiting and he says I'm terribly sorry the, the automatic fill-in isn't working could you just say into the card that you're here to see Claire Valance <clears throat> I'm here to see Claire Valance okay you can see that the name Claire Valance pops up in the visiting section your card is complete and you can stick it on your chest if you like it's kind of it's adhesive it will just stay there hopefully. Uh, would the rest of you like to repeat this procedure? I'm here to see Claire Valance. Okay. Claire uh, Valance And then I go is. and put my card in my pocket, deliberately. Okay, so you just stick it in your pocket rebelliously. That's right. Uh, what about the rest of you? Are you all going to be doing the same? If it's needed to get paid, I'm here to see Claire Valance. Fine. It, goes, it appears on your badge. And I suppose lastly, um, it's just PsychoCow. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering where I put my crane. No, uh, I'm here to see Claire Valance. Right, finally, all four of them are updated. Um, you can see that um, the receptionist's manager, at least that's who you think it is, seems to be kind of getting a bit testy with him. He kind of looks up and says, well, well have a nice day. He returns to his computer, tapping desperately, kind of, you know, furrowing his brow. You can see that there is a lift off in the corner. What would you like to do? Can I just scope the uh, reception for cameras and uh, security? Okay, okay. so it's pretty clear that there uh, is indeed security here. You can see sort of uh, the omnipresent kind of, you know, imperial cameras. There's uh, three or four in the reception area, one uh, pointing towards the front, one over by the lift, one by the desk, one just kind of sitting over where the uh, current security guard is. He's not looking too worried. You've all been disarmed as far as he's concerned. Uh, yes, so you are definitely being watched. Come on, guys. We need to get up there and just go, and, just go meet Claire. Do you know? Do you know that's Claire by any chance? Uh, uh, Miss Valance. Yes, yes, yes. I, I've met her. Um, uh, lovely lady. He says. I, I, I'm not talking to you. I'm asking uh, Commander Psychocow here. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. He says. Someone stick my nose in. Obviously, you know where. Sorry. Yes. You know, we we met a few times and no, reasonably okay. But you know, she's got this job for us. Let's let's go and find out. Plan. Money. Money. Sounds like you're all quite keen to get up. So uh, you make your way over to the left and make your way inside. It asks to see your cards. So you kind of just flash it in front of the left and <laughs> fairly soon you swoop up to the, uh, to the 13th floor. Lucky for some. You reach the 13th floor. The lift opens into a long corridor, set on either side uh, by offices with glass walls. Everything here is meticulously neat, necessary since the workers do not have an ounce of privacy. Eventually, you come to office 1323. Claire Valance's name is printed on the door in digital letters, signifying both her importance and the fact that she could be replaced with a few keystrokes by her managers. Claire is a young woman with black hair and slightly too many stress wrinkles across her face. She waves you in through the glass, not breaking off from her vid call even as you enter. No, no, she says uh, flatly to the caller on the other end, who is muted to your hearing. Look, why don't you send in Jessica Wade? Tell her I asked for her personally. 300,000 for his head, with an extra 50 if he's taken alive. They'll teach him not to mess with Mistopolis. All right, sweetie. No problem. Bye, bye. She hangs up and gets to her feet. Hi there, fellas, 
Take a seat. Let me see. One, two, three. Uh, one of you will have to stand. Oh, hello, cousin Psycho Cow. Claire comes round from her desk to embrace her relative. She looks him up and down, beaming, but with dead eyes that seem to be scanning him for weakness. Did that idiot Yale get you a drink? No, no, we just came straight up. Want to get down to business, get some brass tacks and all that. Uh, well, take a seat, most of you. She goes over to a drinks cabinet and she pours you all some demineralized water. It's all kind of, you know, placed in front of you. Uh, who is standing? Uh, me. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> After you. <laughs> okay, so uh, Foz is left standing. Everyone else gets a nice seat. She just does a one last tap on her computer and then leans towards you. Mistopolis is a mining survey station on the third planet in the Bi-Jungle system. It's one of dozens of new survey stations we've scattered across the old world region. Unfortunately, Bijungo's star is unstable and prone to emitting all sorts of unpleasant radiation. It makes communication difficult. Learman's station on Bijungo A3 missed its last scheduled update transmission. And company policy states we have to send a recon team each and every time it happens. So, hop over to Bijungo, land at Learman's station, and collect the update in person from the station commander. You'll be provided with landing override clearance and documents to prove that you're working for me, in case anyone tries to block your investigation. Bring the update back to me, and you'll receive the standard payment of 40,000 credits each. Easy money, come on. There's no possibility to go wrong. That's pretty good. For a minute, I thought we might be better off taking on the bounty payments. Can I just ask a question, Miss Valence? Of course, Mr. Thane. How happy are the mining staff with this, uh station oh they're all right but they're not exactly our best it's been beset with technical problems since the start and i blame frankly the competency of the crew they're sensitive have to remember that most of these people are interior employees from the empire they're not used to roughing it out here in the uh, old worlds or oh, pardon if any of you come from here you must understand that we're used to a slightly higher standard of living i bet still in any case, there's nothing particularly bad there. Why, you're thinking, uh, no, no, I don't think you'll find there's any problems with the staff. Not really. But just in case, you can have my authorization codes. She hands you over a data pad, uh, which you can tap your comms to, and that will give you landing permissions and also her authorization to see the station commander. Do you want to tap your comms to it and sort of gain the authorizations? So your comms are... Uh, if, if you're not clear, uh, they're your uh, communications devices. There's, there's two types. There's hand comms, which are very much like mobile phones. And there's wrist comms, which are sort of, you know, secure to your wrist. Um, uh, hand comms are fashionable. Wrist comms really aren't. But they both work in very, very similar ways. The advantage of the wrist comm is that, um, you know, you, don't ha you can uh, use it with your hands free. Who would like to get the permissions? It could just be one person, if you like. It could be all can I get, I'll, get, I'll get the permissions. Okay. What do you know about mining concerns, son? I know uh, I can learn a lot about mining concerns. Yeah, I spend a lot of time mining. Maybe you should let me talk to these people. I'm just, I'm just going to touch my hat, my get the permissions off this thing here. That's not a problem. Thing. Okay, so you've downloaded permissions onto your com. Whilst I'm doing that, I want my com device to see if it can mint, find any other connections to the device. See if I'm doing some penetration testing whilst I'm getting the data that I can. Okay, uh, would you make a computer skill check? So you need difficulty 9. Difficulty 9, right. My computer is 50, I believe. That's plus 5. 
D10 plus five. Hmm? Oh, oh shame. Okay, well, fortunately, you didn't completely bugger it up. Uh, she doesn't notice that you're trying to hack the system, but unfortunately, the Imperial system is too secured, <laughs> even on this data pad. Player Valance is looking a little bit annoyed. I'm sure you'll want to get on. Yeah, let's do this. Yep. Good to see you, Psycho. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks for this. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll be back soon. No problem. You back the Empire, they'll back you all the way. Okay, with these reassuring words ringing in your ears, you make your way back downstairs, out of the building, you sign out, I assume you'll return your visitor cards, uh, and then make your way over to your ships to try and find out where on earth uh, Baijungu is. You all sort of uh, make your way to your various docking bays. As you go down, Fozza, you can see that there is a man in the docking bay here next to your ship. He's got blonde hair or a, a, a beard, and he's leaning up against the, the ship, chewing gum. He looks kind of uh, intensely at you as you kind of arrive at the ship. Hey, Blondie, it's a big idea hanging around my ship. I wanted to work with you, Fozza. Heard good things about you. You seem to know my name. I have no idea who you are. Not many people do. The name's Brian. Brian Moore. He comes over and he shakes your hand, sort of whether you like it or not. You know, I've got a business proposition for you. You've just been into uh, Mistopolis Mining, yeah? What of it? Well, I happen to know that you might be, a little bird tells me, making your way to Learman Station. It's a little mining survey place. I wonder if, while you're there, you might do a little job for me. He takes out this small computer chip and presses it into your hand. This is a data hack. What I'd like you to do, it's very simple. It's discreet. You find the server room, stick this into the server. It'll transmit a little bit of data for the people who I represent. If you do this, 60,000 credits. And who are these people? Well, I'm not sure I should tell you that. Well, it's been nice seeing it, though. I've got a ship to fly. Wait, 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 wait. Look, I work for the Bank of Zeon. We're a little bit unsure about the Empire sniffing around so much of the old worlds. You know, we old worlders have to stick together, Fozzer. Otherwise, the Empire's going to trample all over us. It always starts small. And then come the, the warships and the troops. I just want to know what they're doing. It's nothing sinister. Come on. 60,000 doesn't sound like a heck of a lot to put my neck on the line for that sort of a job. Look, I can go as high as 80. Hey. You can go as high as 1,000, 100,000, or otherwise I'm walking away. You're a difficult man to deal with, Father. But you know what? It's a deal. You keep that data hack there. You plug it into the systems. 100,000 is yours. Don't worry, it's real discreet. Looks like you've got yourself a job. Good luck, Father. Sure you won't need it. He makes his way out of the docking bay smartly. Did we see that? Unfortunately, that was in his docking bay. Okay, when the rest of you get uh, into your ships, you pop up to see where Baijungu is, and you're rather surprised to see it's only six light years away. It's obviously not a very common system. Would anyone like to make a planetary systems check? Uh, do I have knowledge about that? Planetary knowledge, that's it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I might know a bit about it. He's game, he's game. Make a roll. What's your bonus? Just one. Oh, there we are. Much better than your computer, that's for sure. <laughs> um, 
by Django, you can see that it's uh, a terraforming system. Uh, what you know about by Django that isn't officially recorded is that it is a failed terraforming system. So what they did is that they, they terraformed the planet, but the atmosphere still isn't breathable at the end of the terraforming process. So basically, the, the whole thing is bugging up. It means that the population of Baijango is, is pretty low. So although it's in the middle of the core worlds, its population is low, it's not an important system. So it's an odd place, actually, you know, for a, a mining station. Learman station itself is on A3, which is not a terraformed world, at least not yet. So there is a big space station there if you need repairs or something. So there is, you know, some civilization going on. And you can find a place called Ferguson Market uh, if you do need to pop into a major space dock. Other than that, you can see the planet that you're going to is about 50% gravity. The atmosphere is 98% carbon dioxide. So uh, don't go outside without a respirator. You'll die instantly. Sounds like home. Landing couplet deactivated. Be wary of traffic on your way out. You're all far too poor with ships that are far too expensive to risk just kind of, you know, um, zooming out. So you carefully make your way out of the dock and set course for my jungle. Four, three, two, one, engage. The star itself, uh, you can see, is, is quite a dark kind of red, deep bloody colour. As soon as you get here, you can see that uh, your ships are informing you that the local networks are all down. The systems are telling you that large amounts of radiation are pouring off from the ship. It's nothing that can harm you through your shields. So the sun is pouring lots of radiation off. You can see that by Django A3, it's only about 86 light seconds away, so it's a tiny distance. And you make your way there. Uh, you make your way there in, in a wing, or are you sort of going one at a time? Wing up, wing up. <laughs> wing up. We're all, okay. Wing up. You all wing up into a single group and make your way over towards the planet. Orbital flight engaged. You eventually get to the planet uh, and start your approach, cut, cutting through the atmosphere. Once you get down, the planet surface, you're able to find Learman Station fairly easily. It's kind of uh, pretty clearly marked on the maps. Um, approaching, you can see it's a, a fairly small mining survey station, but it is quite well serviced with landing pads. You make out about eight pads about the place. Uh, the facility itself, it looks like it's about sort of uh, three, four hundred meters across. So, you know, kind of a relatively small for what it does. You see there's a, a, a single observation tower standing proud from the rest of the building. It looks like they're in sort of a night mode at the moment. Although, as far as you can tell, by sort of like looking out the windows, you can see it's sunset on Beijing A3 currently. Okay, so you're approaching the station. What would you like to do? Vehicle radio in for docking permission. Okay, you uh, open up. You ask for docking permission. You receive an automated transmission. And you can see that uh, down below, base 7 lights up. Yeah. Request docking permission as well, I guess. Okay, uh, you are given per uh, permission for bay 8. That illuminates. Okay, requesting docking permission. Engage oh. automatic docking computer. Okay, so you both press docking permission. Fossa, you're allowed to dock in bay 5. Thane, you're in bay 6. You make your way down. 
as you sort of come down, there aren't any other ships kind of uh, coming backwards and forwards. You can see the, uh, the docking base that you're on are on sort of the south side of the station. The larger docking base, I mean, there's one small, but the other big docking base uh, are at the north side of the station. So you guys are all landing together. Can I just scan as I fly over? What size are the pads? The south side are all small. There's one small in the north, there's one large, and there's two medium. Mostly little ships, um, but there is, there's room you know, to take a, a big ship with a bit of planning. You all manage to sort of connect onto the landing bay. You clink on with a hefty metallic clunk. Do you want to uh, head down into the base itself, retract the, the landing bay? I reckon we should hit the bar. Okay. You make your way down and come into your own kind of a, a separate uh, docking base. Uh, you emerge from your ship. What are you taking with you? Do you want to take your weapons or are you leaving them behind? I'm tooling up. You're yeah, tooling absolutely. up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're taking everything. Okay. Okay, you kind of, kind of uh, get all your kind of ammunition, your grenades, uh, you know, just in case. You, know, you never know. It's a little bit odd that no one's contacted you yet, to be honest. You haven't heard a human voice yet. You can see that in the uh, top part of the docking bay there is a little monorail car that will uh, take you up to the base proper. It's pretty much the only way there unless you want to walk over the surface. So would you all like to hop into the monorails? Out of interest, do we usually wear our remlocks? And or how, how are you modeling the remlock in this? Is it like a mask that we have to put on like a proper helmet? Or is so, it sort of something casual that's usually attached to your flight suit that you wear yeah, it, all the time? It's pretty casual. It's basically like, sort of like a, a half band that goes sort of from your temples around the back of your head. And basically the material that secures your, your soft tissues basically just kind of locks on. So it kind of, you know, emerges from the band and kind of covers your nose, your mouth, uh, your eyes to stop them from kind of, you know, losing all their moisture and bursting, exploding and so forth. It'd still be pretty unpleasant to just be in a remlock yeah. because, you know, your skin is exposed to the cold, but, it's, uh, but it lets you live a little bit longer. Yeah, so you can have your remlocks on and just with you if you like. Uh, many pilots kind of forget that they're on because they wear mm-hmm. them so often. Okay, right. Uh, who wants to go on the monorail? Yep. So... So it's Ben, Psycho Cow. You both kind of uh, hop on the monorail and make your way up. And eventually get to the uh, other end. The front door of the tram opens up. And you can see it opens up into a small customs room. The first thing that the two of you notice is that it is empty. You can see that the the lighting level is pretty low. There is a single sort of like um, a reception bar where the customs officers receive you, and there's a uh, little kind of a scanner area to the side to scan your equipment. There's also an exit door in the north wall. In the south walls, you can see where kind of, you know, all the other monorails from the other docking bays uh, come up. But there's no one in here. Can I, yeah, can I radio to, to Chris and Forza using the, the wrist comms that I've got? And guys, there's nobody up here. Is there- Something, something's not quite right. Do you guys want to have a look around and see if you can see anyone down where you are? There's nobody there. Yeah, I think we should probably head straight to the uh, main command centre and see what's going on up there. Before we do that, I want to have a look around where we are and see if there's any network ports or anything like that I can jack into. Okay, so you make your way up to the um, customs desk and there you can see that there is the customs data slate. Now you can see that it's crashed, it's trying to connect to the server, but uh, there's this lovely kind of spinning wheel of death uh, where it is 
it is just not finding a connection. So this computer is, is useless. It's clean, so it's obviously been sort of cleaned relatively recently. But this area in secondary customs, you know, there's no views to the outside world. There's only a single exit. As far as you can see, there's a chair, there's the desk, and there's no one here. Fosser and Thane, you're both in your docking bays at the moment. The, there's only two ways that you can go. You can go through the monorail. Otherwise, if you want to put your spacesuits on, uh, you could, if you like, go back up on the platform to the surface. But obviously, that'd be kind of quite slow and quite slow and painful. But you could do that if you wanted. Uh, I'm all for the monorail. Monorail? Yeah, I'll take the monorail. Okay. Right, you both hop into the monorail, and you both end up with custom, in uh, customs with uh, Psychico and Eid. Right, so you sort of uh, look around slightly kind of uh, bewildered in this uh, empty customs room. There's a single door. Uh, you can see it's got sort of a, a data pad next to it, but the door appears to be locked. Can we scare the room for security camera feeds? Yep, so you have a look up. You can see there is a security camera there. The one thing that's slightly odd about it is that it's not moving. So it looks like it's been deactivated. This is weird, guys. We should be careful. This place should be crawling. I'm keeping, I'm seeing if I can get the data slate that I'm working on back up and running using, you know, various knowledge and, you know, I turn it off and on again and such like. <laughs> okay, you attempt to, but unfortunately this data slate is really primitive. It's simply a terminal that okay. connects to the server. And if it can't connect to the server, there's nothing you can do with this. I might go and have a look at the one on the door then. You make your way over to the uh, security panel on the door. You can see there's a red light above it to show that it is currently locked. Do you want to try and crack it? I probably would, yes. Before you do that, Ben, before you do that, Ben, uh, yep. let, let, just, can we see any custom logs, anything, or anything, details of who was last in here going through, or...? The prob it should be on the data slate. So, <sighs> you know, it should be all recorded centrally by the computer. I mean, almost no one uses handwriting anymore. Although, oddly enough, some Imperial people do like to handwrite, but uh, it's not being done here. Uh, if you make a perception check, so roll d10, add your perception bonus. A perception. Perception's actually not too awful. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at that. Okay, so looking around the place, as you're looking, you kind of think you wonder what's under the desk. You have a peek underneath, and there you can see that there's two buttons. Uh, one is marked security, the other is marked door, helpfully labelled. What do you reckon, Gage? We try security. No. <laughs> if there's something going on here, the last thing we want to do is let them know we've arrived, although they probably saw us fly in. Just try the door and we'll see what's on the other side of it. Okay, no worries. That's what we'll do then. <coughs> we will do the door. Okay, you press the door button and the reception door opens up. You walk in at this large reception room you've entered. It's dominated by a large glass window on the left-hand side, presenting a maudlin sunset from the deep red star of Baijungu, illuminating the rocky landscape of the planet beautifully. A line of fixed seating stands near the window, with one row of chairs facing the sunset and the other set away, facing the reception desk. Slumped over the large reception desk is a woman, dressed in the white suit of a Mistopolis office worker. A section of her head is missing, and blood pools in goo a gooey lump on the desk. Besides this shocking sight, you can see a number of plant pots, whose green ferns look healthy and well watered, and a vending machine in the corner of the room. Two doors, one straight ahead, and one to your right, lead out of the room. I want to go and check this poor poor lady and see if we can work out, other than the cause of her death being the hole in her head, what might have been happening here. Okay, you make your way over to her. 
Um, you can see that she's got an identity tag on her. Um, it says Sally Pen Penton, reception. From the looks of things, uh, yes, she's been shot in the head. There's also nine auto pistol rounds in her chest. Gazing around, once again, there's her slate computer, but this has been destroyed, it looks like, by a kinetic round. There are a number of visitor badges that are scattered across the desk, and they're just kind of sitting there idly. Is there anything written on any of the visitor badges? No, it looks like they're unused currently. Hey, Aid, Aid, you look particularly feminine. Do you want, <laughs> do you want to use her, you know, just, you know, take what's left of the unit. Well, no, there's holes in it. Um, take her security badge if you can find it. That'll be handy if you want to hang on to that. Oh, I, I, I don't mind hanging on to her, her badge, though I'm going to also pick up one of the visitor ones as well. <laughs> okay, fair enough. If we can just, uh, we can put our IDs on the, the badges and um, fix them to ourselves. You take Sally Penton's badge, if you'd like to note that down. In addition, when you pick up a visitor badge, just like the one in the other Mustopolis office, takes your picture and uh, puts your face in the top corner. It's asking for your name, and it's also asking uh, who you're visiting. John Smith, and I'm visiting Claire Valance. Okay. It fills it out, uh, and you can put it on your chest. Is there anything else that you'd like to do here, besides taking the, the beautiful but slightly sinister view? Yeah, can I just uh, say to the guys, uh, does anybody fancy a uh, Requat Raider Aid from this vending machine? Because I'm going to get myself one, just in case anybody else is thirsty. No? No, I'm alright. I'm alright. You make your way uh, up to the vending machine. Right, looking at it, you can see there's a single bullet damage. It's, it's, it's broken, I'm afraid. So. Okay, can I use oh. my wrench to uh, break oh, into course. the vending machine and get out a Requat Raider Aid? That's fine. Okay, well, you just smash open the front and you take out a Requat Raider Aid and can swig that down. Uh, if anyone else wants a fizzy drink while they're here, they're more than welcome. I'm afraid it's only non-alcoholic stuff in this uh, vending machine. Okay. I'd like to get one of the other visitor passes and fine. give it... Okay. It takes your picture. Going to, yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, ah, didn't want that. Chuck that one away. Can I have okay. one and get Ben's, get Ben's picture on it? Uh, yeah, Ben would have No! All right, Fozza, Fozza. Just give us a look at me. Don't look at me. I will hit you with this wrench if you bring that near me. All right. I'll <laughs> use my own one then. Uh, okay, um, my name is uh, Claire Valance, and I'm here to visit the station commander. Okay. And there you can see that the name, it says visiting Horace Rannigan on the badge. Hey, do you downloaded the contact information to your comms? Is it showing you anything? Because there's no server connection here, you can't really find out whether the badge has guessed correctly or not. Right, guys, well, anyway, they go to that door at the front there. Okay, so there's two doors. There's a one ahead of you, which is in the north wall, and there is one in the east wall by the vending machine. Is there any indication as to which one leads where? So you have a look, and you kind of uh, switch the light on your comms on and shine it on the walls. And uh, there you can see that, in fact, yeah, there are lines uh, by the vending machine. You can see it says security, medical bay, lab, mineral transfer. The other one says gym, canteen, computer suite, and facilities. Okay, I'm heading towards the canteen. You're ahead that way. You want to go north. Okay, right, so you make your way up through the north door. It opens up into a long corridor. The first thing that strikes you is a very kind of musty, musky smell here. It's like um, basically sort of dog poo for all intents and purposes. It's got that very distinctive, kind of unpleasant, flat brown smell, which you don't associate with Imperial facilities at all. The next thing that you see that you notice is there is kind of uh, blood streaks 
leading up the corridor, leading up to a door over to the right. You can see that there's four doors in this corridor. The nearest to this, one to your left saying Jim, the other one says Canteen. And it's to the canteen that the blood smears lead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not loving the like of that, uh, look of that, guys. Maybe we just carry on to the um, the data center. I wouldn't mind going on to the data center myself, to be honest, Fozzer. Yeah, Thane, have you ever seen... I think we should check out the blood streaks. Someone's either dragged a body in there or they've dragged themselves. All the more reason Thane, have you not ever to seen go That's there. why I'd rather go yeah, and see if we can get the cameras online. Okay, would you like to make your way further up the corridor, then? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to split the group up. Can I just check behind the door with the blood? So, uh, you open up a room, uh, which actually is kind of quite bright. Everywhere else has been very dark. This large, bright white room is the canteen. Row upon row of tables are lined up here, although some appear to have been knocked over. A few food plates have been smashed onto the floor from the tipped tables, though curiously, only tiny scraps of actual food are here. There is a long serving bar at the back of the room, to the right, behind which is another door. It appears that the station crew, rather than print their own food with auto-chefs, are supposed to select pre-made food from the serving bar. Your eyes catch a flash of movement. Something just moved in the serving bar, but you weren't quick enough to see what it was. Guys, we've got a contact. After you. Well, I'm all for shouting out, hello, is there anyone in there? And then maybe uh, greeting them with a grenade? That's an... Fairly cautious. <laughs> okay, well, well let's, 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 let's go we'll call out first and see if we get a response. You call out, and you can see that there's a little shuffle from the food counter. You can see some kind of uh, bits of lettuce kind of fly up, and something with a long tail kind of uh, darts kind of from one end of the counter to, counter to the other. It's very quick, quite difficult to make out what it is. That's um, not you. Right, let's close the door. If we get to the data center, maybe we can find some logs. Okay, you close the door. Is there any way uh, to secure the door? Uh, so you have a look. Right, you can see there's a security panel there. It has to be tricky to lock it without a security pass. I happen to have a security pass. You have a security pass. What's your well, I've pass? Got, I, I've got Sally's one. Okay. Okay, so you take um, Claire's uh, card, put it up against the door, but it doesn't recognise it as having sufficient authority to lock the door. Can I see if there's anything that I can do using my elite hacking skills to secure yeah. it a wee bit more? Yeah, that's possible. You've got, the, okay. you've got the security codes that you got passed down from the overrides from Claire at the balance back yep, to the other Yeah, that's probably a good idea, yep. So these, as you look at them, you can see they're not really security codes. They're, they're, they're essentially, for all intents and purposes, orders for the station commander to give you the briefing. Uh, that basically, that if he doesn't, then you know, he could be um, done in. For all intents and purposes, you know, fired or worse, by Mistopolis Mining. So it's really, it's a social thing. It's not, you know... Uh, it's not a security code. Uh, thing. It's not a security code. However, you might be able to hack it with your uh, wrist card. You kind of uh, take out your data hack and sort of uh, uh, start tapping. This is easier than it could be, um, because there's no access to the central server to sort of countermand you. Make a security check. The difficulty number is eight. So security, not computer. Not computer in this case. <laughs> Make your mind up. <laughs> That's more like it. Oh, very good. Okay, so 11 is great. Right, yes, you put a lock on the door. It turns to red, so no one will get through this door without you opening it first. Did you want to go further up the corridor, then? Works for me. 
you make your way further up the corridor, passing the gym, and eventually you come to two doors. On the left, it's the toilet block. On the right, you can see it says computer suite. Uh, yeah, guys, I'm just going to go hit the head. If you want to carry on, I'll catch you up in ten minutes. Do you go to the toilet? No. That radiator goes straight through you. <laughs> okay, Fuzzy, you pop into the toilet block. Do the rest of you want to go to... Uh, uh, I, I want to go into the com- computer suite and see if I can get any logs, cams, etc. Fine, Reboot. you make your way in there. And what about the rest of you? Which way are you going? Um, I, I, will, I will go with Ben. I have no intentions of helping Fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Gaseous and always. <laughs> right, okay, so you make your way in there as well. Fuzzer. This appears to be the toilet block. Its clean white lines have been spoiled somewhat by the thick streaks of blood that smear the floor. Numerous cubicles offer the necessary privacy, and blood-red light seeps from under the cubicle doors. Hmm, I might be able to hold it. Guys? <laughs> Guys? It's okay. The moment's no, passed. I'm, where have we gone? Fine, you're making your way back. Right, you come to the uh, computer suite, and you can see the door is locked. It's after a pass of some kind. Well, I can try and hack it again, or we can keep scouting around. Well, try try your receptionist pass. Um, I'll try this Claire Valance pass that we kind of mocked up and see whether or not we can get any special... You put the, okay. the Claire Valance pass on there, and that works. It says, uh, visitor's pass accepted, and the door opens up. This is the central computer suite. The entire place is a sparking ruin. Computer interfaces have been smashed, and all but one computer server has been totaled. The large amount of scorch marks makes it clear that an explosive has been set off in here. The rest of the damage has been inflicted with kinetic weapons. Okay, so there's lots of rubble all about. Uh, you can still see this kind of uh, one server there. There's all kinds of red lights flashing along it. Can we do a quick scan of the room? Just make sure there's no more explosives anywhere. Or okay. fast-moving creatures. You make your way up to the uh, surviving computer server. You can see it's got a few bullets in it, and the thing has crashed. If you want to try and get it restarted, it's a computer check of 10. Uh, I've got a high repair skill with my engineering, so maybe I should have a look at it? Uh, you could have a peek. Does, do people trust Fozzer to fix this computer server? Uh, I've got a computer skill of plus 5. So you've got a good chance of maybe fi- uh, sort of I've doing a, a, a bypass. <laughs> what does the team think? We'll let Ben have another go, even though his last attempt was woeful. Um, <laughs> the last attempt was alright. No, it wasn't. That wasn't involving computers at all. That was just nothing. You, you just, you're just you on. Just make sure you put it in the right language. I'm also absolutely, you know, completely confused. How do you get a plus five? I've got uh, natural enhancement, geni- natural genius computers. Ah, show off. Right, carry on, then fix it. Gaming the system, that's what I like to see. So what did you do? Nine! <laughs> that's a mess. What would make this easier? <laughs> I can keep trying if you want. What would make this easier for you? Uh, you'll be able to have another go if you could have uh, some kind of proper display to work on. You're working on your reticle. There's not much room. Uh, if you could get uh, a data slate to plug in here, you might be able to have another attempt. It'll give you kind of more room to see what's going on. It's quite hard. In the- Are there any data slates lying around in here? They've all been smashed. Uh, do you remember seeing any other? I do remember yeah. seeing one down in reception. I'm just wondering if there's one in here first. No, it was down in the customer's office. Yeah. Go all the way back. Forza, 
No chance. Ah, Fuzzle, why did you go back nope. to think you're in the toilet? <laughs> nope. Nope. You didn't. You guys didn't see it was floating in the toilets. I ain't going back there. <laughs> However, I I've got a quite a high repair skill. Yeah, if there's any still data go slates, on, I can give it go a go. On. I'd like to make a repair roll of eight. If you can do so, then Ben can have another chance to reactivate the system. Okay. Oh, God. So I take out my wrench, and I give it a swing, and... Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> that didn't work. Ben, you're going to have so, to go and get wait. the other one. If you want to get these cameras up and running, we need to go get that slate. You can see the kind of sides of the computer have fallen off now after uh, that thorough clanging. So uh, yeah, this, this computer isn't currently telling you anything. Uh, where would you like to go now? You can either go further up the corridor or you can go back where you came. I don't mind going back together, but I ain't going alone. Yeah, I'm staying here. Yeah, but I'll come with you, Ben, but uh, I think it's time to ready weapons. I'll stay and keep an eye on the engineer. Fine. Hey. Okay. I think he does need. Oh it? shit, we're splitting the party. <laughs> okay. So, making your way south, you uh, make your way back down into reception. When you do so, you go straight through reception. It's when you enter the customs room that you notice something a bit funny. You can see that the monorail access has gone from green to red. So, the monorail doors are all sealed. Grab the pad and scarper. Okay. You make your way uh, and grab the pad and start sort of uh, running your way back. You kind of uh, run up the uh, computer suite. You manage to return to the computer room. Uh, with these two kind of still standing there, slightly fretting, slightly worried. Please see you return. And get back with your computer slate. You plug it onto the side of the uh, server. It's more difficult this time. You need difficulty number of 11 to fix it, because uh, Fozzer has uh, been indelicate with his repairs. Okay, make a roll. That's a bit better. Okay, you manage to bypass and reset the computer server, and it comes uh, flickering back online. Okay, uh, you can see that this uh, server here is relatively sort of basic. You see that it controls two things. It, it provides uh, camera data to the security office, and also it gives power to the mineral transfer room, whatever that means. So you can activate both those systems if you like, or you can leave them off. Should we Turn have on. a look at the camera data? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you see that you can't view it from here. You have to view it from the security office, basically because it's encrypted. So only security have permission to look at the files. The files are intact, so if you can get them to the security office, you'll be fine. Well, looks like we know where we're going. Mm-hmm. <sighs> can I just make a suggestion here? <clears throat> can I put in my um, this blank data slate that I've got in my pocket to take those files off the server and then... I'll hand those over to uh, to Ben, and he can take them to the security office. If you just give me two seconds, I'll just... just sorry, Ben, move out of the way. just need to put this data... Like, thing uh, into hang on, hang on. Fuzzle, fuzzle, fuzzle. Where did you get that? It's just a blank one. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about well, it. There let, me have, let me have a look at it. In, no, okay. on, there That's, we go. No, you, no, 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 get out of the way. So he's <laughs> popped it in the uh, computer server. <laughs> Something has been downloaded onto the chip, and there we are. All done. It was obviously a very smooth, well-made program. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Fozzer, you can note that you have a filled data chip now. Yep. All right. Thanks, Fozzer. Okay. Uh, where would you like to go now? Well, seeing as Fozzer's got the data on the data chip, let's get down to the security office so that we can review that footage. 
Okay. Right, you make your way back down to reception. Make your way through the door. Psycho Cow, you were going first, so would you make a perception check? The difficulty number is eight. I have a reasonable perception of three. Oh, that's <laughs> a two. I see nothing. So you uh, make your way into reception, and as you do so, you hear a sudden... You are struck by uh, multiple bullets. Ouch! So you take 13 points of damage as uh, bullet after bullet thuds into you. The rest of you realize that something is up. Get down! So... (laughs) You should all see reception in front of you, if uh, all is well. What I'd like you to do is roll initiative. So uh, roll a d10, add your initiative bonus. Uh, If you don't know what that is, it's the same as your tactics bonus. Except mine, because I've got awareness. So my... Is, is, is my initiative always my... Um, perception. Perception. That's it. Yep, absolutely. Grand. We're never going to get these rolls again. I'm, I'll be grand. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I could have done with that ten minutes ago. <laughs> okay, three so, natural tens. Oh, really? Fantastic. Eid, what's your... Um, uh, I got 12. Kai got 11. Jarvis got 13. Very good. Yeah, that's about right. I'm waiting for Foz to get a one. <laughs> Not, nearly, nearly, nearly. No, no, he did all right. He did all right. Okay, in which case, so Thane, uh, it is your go. Now, you can see that there are two rather mercenary types. One of them, a chap called Vern, uh, is holding a submachine gun and he has just shot Psycho Cow in the back. He is reeling, although surprisingly, he hasn't fallen over. You spin around, you can see that they are behind the reception desk. Uh, taking cover. Uh, what would you like to do? So, what's the range? Each square is two meters. So, you can move a total of ten meters in your turn, but it's four meters to jump up onto the desk. You're eight meters away, but there's a, a desk in the way. So, if you wanted to jump for him, you could do, or you could fire back. The circles are potted plants, so they've kind of got quite large bases. They're big enough for you to hide behind. They may not be hugely sturdy cover, but they'll last. The big long line with all the dashes is the seating against the window, which looks slightly sturdier. Otherwise, there is the door. Yeah, I'm going to take cover. I'm going to take cover behind this pot plant. Is that my whole action? No, you can shoot as well if you like. Um, do you want to shoot at someone? No, I'm going to take. I'm going to line up a shot. I'm going to take aim. Okay, right. You start taking aim. Who are you aiming at, Vern or Greg? Vern. So uh, don't move yet, Fozzie. Fozzie, where did you go? <laughs> Back down. Bad boy. Eat. What would you like to do? So again, it's ten meters, which is five squares you can move, but it's two squares of movement to cross the desk. How much is it to cross? Get over the chairs. Over the chairs. It's a similar sort so, of thing. Yeah. Like Although, that. if you like, you can make a heroic One, leap two. over, making an athletics check, and I'll let you dive over. Or I'm just going to go out the door. You want to think again out the door. Okay, right. Yeah. You dive out the door, barging past Fozzer. Do you want to do anything with your turn? Um, I've got to start aiming at Vern. You're going to start aiming at Vern. Okay, right. Grant. Yeah, no, if I'm not mistaken, hit points come off your endurance, don't you? They do, yes. I'm not really anywhere near any cover. I don't think I'll fit in that plant pot. <laughs> Jump in the plant pot. Uh, you can move <clears> behind it. You'll, you will get a bit of cover from it if you went to the one right down south. There is a bit there. I'm just wondering whether or not I should just dive behind the counter with uh, Vern and Greg. You could do. You could just sort of try and dive for them. 
when you could jump up onto the counter next to them. Once you're adjacent, you can make life very difficult for them shooting wise. I mean, you can try and sort of kick the guns out of their hands and they do all sorts of different things. Sweet. Don't you have a hand grenade and aren't they behind cover? Yeah, I wouldn't count on the reception desk giving you much cover against a fragmentation grenade. <laughs> Fair enough. I think for my best move is going to be behind that plant pot and return fire. Lovely. Okay, if you move yourself down, Grant, lovely. Okay, and you're going to return fire and burn. Right, so you're 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. You're 12 metres away from him. So have a look to see what the difficulty number is that you need to hit. Uh, so that's going to be medium range on my laser pistol, so it's 7. His defence is 2, so that is 9 to hit. But he's also behind cover, which means you need an 11 to hit him. So it's going to be pretty okay. unlikely, but give it a go. But I've got a plus three on that as well, so that might just might be lucky. Let's go for it. Okay, fingers crossed, lads. <sighs> oh! So close. Okay. It strikes the desk, sending kind of various bits of uh, shrapnel off. Vern sort of ducks down tighter into cover. Okay, Vern very swiftly pops up again. Looks for a likely target. Let me see. Oh, Fozzer, you look like you're a fairly good target. So you are eight meters away. So Vern is going to open up with his submachine gun, which you will be delighted to know is at short range. He will attack with that. So, Five, what's your defense? Uh, my dodge is 20, so two. 20, so that's two. So I need a seven to hit you. I've got plus two. Can I also, when do I need to tell you about doing a karma and doing a duck? Oh, whenever you like. You can do it at any point. Now, I've rolled five plus another two is seven, so it's exactly a hit. If you want to use a duck, you can get out of the way of the shot now. Um, so, by just spending your karma points. How bad is a seven? If it's so exactly that is just, that's 1d10 damage. So it's so, a grazing. So you'll take 10 <laughs> points of damage from that shot. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to duck. You're going to duck it. Fair enough. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, cross off your karma points. You duck at the last minute. And it kind of cuts. Uh, through the plant pot, almost hitting Thane on the other side. Um, but you have survived. Well done. Uh, Fozzer, it's your go. What do you like to do? Okay, so as one of my enhancements, I've got strong, uh, which allows me to lift an extra 20 kilograms of weight. I'm just wondering, this plant pot that Thane's hiding behind, how heavy yeah. is it? Yeah, uh, well, I, I would say that's going to be no more than about 20 kilograms, in fact. But you can, you can lift uh, uh, 100 kilograms. Uh, with your strong capability. So yeah, you could you could haul it up. Um, and could I then throw it at Vern and uh, Greg? Yes, you can. Okay, so what I want you to do for that, you're uh, eight away, so it's an improvised weapon attack, so that is a eight to hit, because he's behind, oh, you'll need a 12. You need a 12, and you can, yeah, you can roll your, uh, well, it's, it's your kinetic weapons. That actually isn't great, so could I change tactics and go and jump onto the desk and hit him with a wrench uh, yeah you can do that so why don't you move in front of Vern now so you can just drag yourself over to attack him He's he no longer has cover because you're in front of him so his defense is 2 so add what's the finesse of your weapon so 4 plus another 2 for his defense you need a 6 to hit so roll a d10 uh, do I get any extra stuff in terms of my melee and We'll give you a clap from over here if you want. It's your melee uh, skill bonus, basically. So you roll a d10 plus your melee skill bonus. <laughs> you roll a three. Okay, right. Um, Vern manages to parry your incoming attack, and he tries to do a counterattack on you. So he uh, does a swing for you. 
Hold on, can I also do a sucker punch? Uh, you can in a second. I just have to determine this. So he has rolled a 70. Yep, yep so he thwacks you in the face. Uh, you take it's three points of damage. Fortunately, you haven't dropped your wrench. So you take three damage, but you can now do sucker punch if you like. Yep, so uh, take off your karma points and make a uh, attack roll. It ignores his defense, so the difficulty is just five, because fighting is finesse five. That's more like it. How'd you do? Twelve. Excellent. Okay, so you do uh, D10 damage, damage halved, but then you add two at the end of it. So roll a D10. So you rolled three, halved is uh, one. Uh, then we uh, add two, so you do three points of damage to him. So thwack. You have punched him around the face, but however, you haven't made him drop his weapon yet. He is still sort of in the game, but you did give him a, a, a jolly good thwack around the face, which doesn't please him. Okay, uh, so Greg. Uh, Greg is going to, I think, return fire at Grant. I think that's probably the best shot. Two, four, six, eight, ten. I'm 12 meters away, so it's medium range. You're behind cover. Which is now two, it's eight. What's your dodge bonus, Grant? It's three. Gosh, so 13 I need. So I can only hit on a natural 10. No, I rolled a one. Okay, so he <laughs> sprays wildly uh, with his auto pistol, but completely missing. Okay, so we're back up to Thane. It's your go. Force, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can shoot regardless, but just beware that if you miss uh, by more than two, then you will shoot farther in the back. Like that's going to stop him. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Can I? Is there is there, is there such a thing in uh, EDRPG as um, holding initiative? What you mean, uh, sort of delaying, as it were? Can Fozzer dive out of the way and I pull the trigger? Can I? Can I hold my shot until the unopportune moment? No, it's just D and D has a function for it. I mean, you can you can you can say. I'm going to do this when this happens. I didn't know if you, you had a sort of mechanic for it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In fact, well, no, you can do that. So, uh, yeah, when uh, Fozzer goes out the way, yes, you can ready an action. So that means that when Fozzer moves out the way, yes, you can you can then shoot him. He can't move out the way yet, Fozzer. If, if Fozzer moves out the way. <laughs> so if Fozzer moves out the way, then yes, you can take your shot. So, yeah, you can continue sort of lining up in the meantime. Okay, so, um, Eid, it's your go. Do I have a direct line on Van, who I'm aiming at, or would I be shooting okay. Fozzer in the back as well? Fozzer is still quite in the way, yes, I'm afraid so. So, there is a risk. Do you want to take that risk anyway? <laughs> you absolute Looks like bastard, gonna... <laughs> before you even say it, you absolute bastard. <laughs> Can you roll a one? <laughs> this hits me in the butt. You and I are no longer friends. <laughs> okay. So I have the... attempted, but I'm not. I'm going to do the same as... I'll wait. Okay, so you're oh, waiting. Uh, Faster, get out of the way. You, okay, uh, so you you hold off. Grant, it's your go. You've got a better shot at Vern if you want to do it. Seeing as two of them have got a, a, a target on him, I think I'm going to aim for Greg. Okay, you're aiming for Greg. That's fine. So 12 metres, uh, what's your difficulty to hit? That comes into medium range. That's seven. seven. So it's eight, nine, ten, eleven you need again to hit Greg. Okay. Here we go. Lovely. Yes. Yep, that's right. You um, uh, shoot him dead in the chest. But he's not down. He's still up. He doesn't like the look of you now. You can see he's sort of mouthing something unpleasant towards you. Vern decides that he's going to try and knock you off the bar with a big punching attack. Nine. Yes, I think that will hit. Unless you've got a, a parry or a dodge score. Oh, yes, at this point, I have to ask you. 
when you're attacked in close combat with you on a parry or dodge. Now, if you successfully parry, if he misses you on a parry, you can do a counter attack. But many people have a higher dodge score, and so they prefer to dodge. What do you want to do? What would I be sort of looking at? So, uh, his basically, to hit you, he needs a five, and then you add your defense. So, what's your parry defense? One. Okay, so he'd only need a six. And what's your dodge defense? Two. Two. So there he would need a seven. So it's one of those things. You have to sort of decide. I mean, here you know he's hit you regardless. But in the game, uh, you make a decision whether you want to parry or dodge when someone attacks you in close combat. And if you if they miss you when you're parrying, you can do a counterattack, which is what Vern did to you last time. Uh, okay. But it doesn't matter. He's punched you in the face. <laughs> now, you don't fall over. However, your wrench has been knocked out of your hand. Vern kind of, you know, kind of looks rather gloating at you. Fozza, it's your turn. What do you want to do? Get out of the way, Foz. <laughs> <laughs> what happens with laser pistols at really close range? He gets to try and disarm you. So he'll try and do an attack on you. So he gets a free fighting attack to see if he can disarm you first. Okay, um, in which case, can I dive heroically out of the way towards my wrench skidding across the floor somewhere and let these guys try and take him out? Uh, that's fine, but if you move away from him, uh, then he'll also try and attack you. I mean, he may not hit, but you know he'll try and attack you. Do you want to take the risk? Happy to do that? Um, Get out of the way, Fozza! <laughs> yeah, I'm diving after the wrench. Okay, right, he tries to uh, whack you as you go. Uh, he rolls seven, which means that he will hit you unless you do dive aside. Dive aside? Okay, you dive aside, you uh, dash over to your wrench, and you pick it up as your turn. Do you want to move yourself down, Fuzzer? Now, Vern has just been revealed, so Thane and Eid, you can now make an attack on him. I'm taking the shot. So you are 12 metres uh, away from Vern. So what's your difficulty to that range? So that is eight. So, uh, and he's got overall plus four, two defence and two for cover. So it's 12 to hit. So I've got plus two to hit. I've got plus five from aiming. So I'm plus seven already. Yep. Will Fane, Eid, Fozzer, and Cow survive? Where are the station's crew? And what is the fast-moving creature in the cafeteria? Find out in part two of Incident at Baijungu, an elite dangerous role-playing adventure. In that episode of Lave Radio the RPG, Oliver Hume was the Games Master, Grant Walcott was Psycho Cow, Ben Moss Woodward was Adler Weiss, Chris Forrester was Second Tech Fozzer, and Christopher Jarvis played Elias Thane. Music was by Alan Stroud. More information about the new Elite Dangerous role-playing system can be found at edrpg.co.uk. Recording, editing and sound design were by Christopher Jarvis at www.radiotheatreworkshop.com. 